This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're live in five, four, three, two. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the third annual Stop Arthritis and Rheumatism Telethon, broadcasting live. Stay tuned for an amazing variety of top-notch performers. But right now, let's get things off to an energetic start. If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Bad boy. Four, five, six. Well, I gotta tell you, Gumby, uh, it might make you feel good that when I was four, I had a uh, Gumby and Pokey action figures. Unfortunately, my dog got to them. Quiet! You live in a dream. You don't know who you are. Your face is a mask. No one knows you. You don't know yourself. You see your life in romantic terms, but it's a fantasy. You feed your mind with lies. And now... Cross our fingers and hope for the best. It's how I live my life. Just sort of half-assed and completely random. Our feature presentation. Is someone uh, missing? Uh, well, I, feel I like mean, there used to be another guy. If yeah. you mean the guy that starts the show and says, "Welcome to a all-new Kevin and Bean show for a Monday," mm-hmm. he, he's not here. Okay. Yeah. All right. But we're here, right, Jensen? Yep. Yay! Hey, Jensen. Hey, Ellie. Hey, Chip. Hi, Bean. How was everybody's weekend? Achoo. Crazy. I mean, I, I slept and then I woke up and I'm like, I could sleep more. So I did. <laughs> that was it. Rain was pretty serious. Awesome. I Not for a- people in, in the mudslide areas, but for the rest of I was going to ask you about the frame because I know it was very serious. And I, is it true, Jensen, our rap correspondent, that we almost lost Soldier Boy? It did seem as if he had some car issues due to a mudslide. And really? I don't want to say it, but that would have been a true tragedy. He, uh, I think, and I didn't follow it maybe as closely as uh, as you did, but mm-hmm. I think he he had to be rescued. I think it was he was one of those cars that kind of went over the cliff or something. Well, and ha- had yeah. to be rescued out, out by the uh, by the first responders. Yeah, I mean, oh, it wow. did seem like there were some people qu- questioning how dramatic it was after his story, but he did soldier on, well, like he does. Yeah, I'm gonna file that one. That must have helped, though, Allie, with your plan to sleep all weekend, just having this pitter-patter yeah. of the raindrops. You know me. I, I can sleep when it's sunny and 104, <laughs> but it was definitely a lovely, cuddly weekend for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I will say that the uh, the solution to the Golden Globes, mm-hmm. I think, and this will be controversial, mm. is to just have Jeff Bridges accept the award for everybody. Just keep sending him back up there. Uh, whoever wins, just have him go up there and, and do the Bohemian Rhapsody speech. Have him go up there and do the Green Book speech. Just let him have it. He does not uh, lack for things to talk about. <laughs> no. Yes. That's for sure. He is delightful. One he is. Guy, he had nothing to do with the movies, but he's um, I've taken a lot of direction from him. Uh, okay. That's Bucky Fuller. Oh, Bucky. Oh. And uh, Bucky... Uh, 
you know, he's most he's most famous for the geodesic dome, but he made a great yeah. observation. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. now let me. Right, let me, got, he's most famous for the geodesic go, dome. Obviously, uh, it was he saying that for the for the one percent of the people in the audience who didn't know Bucky's complete resume. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a, they're handed it as they get in his full resume. Right. Yeah, so. what a uh, what a bizarre guy to bring up. Let's see where he's going with it. About these ocean going tankers. Mm-hmm. And he noticed that uh, the engineers were uh, particularly uh, challenged by how to turn this thing. You know, they got this big rudder. It took too much energy to turn the rudder to turn the ship. Now, if you're just tuning in either to the show or to the TV last night thinking you were going to see Jeff Bridges getting the Cecil B. DeMille Award and talking about acting, you're in for a surprise. Because he's talking about how to steer a ship. It sure was. <laughs> Imagine sitting next to him on an airplane. Oh, he is yapping the whole time. The whole for time. sure. <laughs> yeah. So they came up with a brilliant idea. Let's put a little rudder on the big rudder. The little rudder will turn the, you know, the big rudder. The big rudder will turn the ship. That little rudder is called a trim tab. Okay. <laughs> Learning a little something now. The trim tab. All right. And it was also weird that the at the Oscars when the orchestra plays you off, they aggressively play you off. They they cut your mic and play you off. Yeah, I mean, they right. keep a very tight timetable over there on the Oscars. Do you see how many people waved off Very the playoff easy. music? I waved them off from my house and it worked. It was <laughs> insanity to me. You they, just have to move your arm like once or twice and they're like, oh, Shari for playing. And they just let you go as long as you want. And I, and I, I feel like that's a bad policy for people who are just up there reading lists of names. But I think I'll allow it with Jeff Bridges because I need to know where this trim tab story is going. Absolutely. And Bucky made the, the analogy that that, tr- that trim tab is an example of how uh, the individual is connected to society and how we affect society. He's still talking about acting or well, he's not talking I, about that acting? That was a long drive. Sure. <laughs> it really was. Oh, boy. And uh, I think I like to think of myself as a trim tab. And all of us are... Tri- By the way, I'm so sick of that cliche in accepted <laughs> oh. speeches. I'd like to think of myself as a trim tab. Uh, it's always thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you to my agent. Oh, uh, if you're up, kids, go back to sleep. And then I see myself as a trim tab. <laughs> I mean, seriously, can we? Can stars not think for themselves anymore? Trim tabs. We may seem like uh, you know we're uh, not up to the task, but we are, man. We're alive. We can. We can really. We can make a difference. Okay. All right. He's bringing it home. We can. Turn this, we can turn this ship in the way we want to go, man. Man, he's, <laughs> he's always the dude. Yeah, he's yes. turning more and more into the dude as he gets older, too. Now, are people, here's my question, are people applauding now because they are... Uh, Recognizing they, the dude? Yeah, because they're getting, oh, he he does have a point, or that they just think he's wrapping up, and maybe this uh, long national nightmare will soon be over? Oh, I think anybody that wanted that to end needs a soul. Is no friend of yours? Yes. All right, so we can, uh, we are the, the trim tab. Towards love, creating a healthy planet for all of us. Okay, bro. So, I want to uh, thank uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press for tagging me. And I wanted to tag you all. You're all trim tabs. Boom. Tag, you're in. <laughs> I 
know, the, the Golden Globes has a reputation as being the show where the alcohol uh, flows freely and the later in yes. the night mm-hmm. you get the more freewheeling the speeches are. I don't think he was drunk at all. No, he was oh. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. He was just Jeff Bridges and up, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I can't imagine a universe where people want the award shows to go longer. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. they're so long already, but if mm-hmm. it's just him rambling, mm-hmm. hours, I'm fine it. with it. I think I think we all agree that he might be the exception to the rule yeah. on, on actors who, who hog, the, uh, hog the spotlight. All right, before we tell you about today's uh, show, Chip, you have a, uh, a monkey update? Two texts. One, just woke up. Two, oh. 6.15. Huh. That's okay. it. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's see what he's going to be missing on an all-new Kevin and Bean show, shall we? So break out the tissues because you're going to want to masturbate to all of them. Well, I don't know well, I mean, that seems, that's a guarantee. Yeah, seems a um, presumptuous. Monday, Monday morning on the Kevin and Bean show means great news. And uh, I've kind of missed that feature. You know, we haven't done it since before the holiday break. So uh, a lot of great things have been happening in the world. We'll fill you in coming up on K-Rock this morning. Our favorite author in the world, Brad Meltzer, will be here. Love him. He's wonderful. He has a new book out called The First Conspiracy, The Secret Plot to Kill George Washington. Which seems bad. Michael Schneider will be here from um, Hollywood Reporter. Nope. Variety. Uh, variety. Yep. Yep. IndieWire. Uh, no uh, longer. Nope, not that one. Okay. Variety then. Sure. Mm-hmm. Talking Golden Globes. There's a lot of a uh, lot of surprises on the program last night. Some real snubs and some real surprise wins too. So we'll talk about that. And he always knows what's going on at the parties afterward, which is fun too. The uh, NFL Wild Card Weekend Weekend Wild Card Weekend has happened. So my season is over. But, uh, you know, Chargers fans have a lot to be happy about, as do three other teams that won this weekend. So we'll break it down with Andrew from the NFL Network. Jensen, we're going to talk about something we were talking about off-air mm-hmm. last week. Yes. About twins. It triplets in this uh, particular story, but it yeah. involves a basketball team utilizing triplets to cheat their way into a win. And uh, I hope you have thoughts, because I do. I do, too. And I think that there's a lot of nonsense that can be had if you have an identical twin that you guys can sub in and out for various activities. Yes, and we are, we, we're going to want to hear about some of them, but I do want to uh, put the preface that we don't want to hear about assault. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely no assault. No assaults. Yeah. Uh, pretty much we'll put that up top. I yeah. think that's uh, fair enough. Okay. Plus, uh, Ali's got uh, just a, a red-hot batch of what's happening. And we'll get started with that next, right after this on (laughs) K-Rock. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Hey, thanks a bunch for tuning into the world-famous K-Rock here this morning at 106.7 K-R-O-Q or through the Radio.com app. Allie's here. Time for our first look at what's happening for a new week. Well, let's talk about some of the winners from last night's Golden Globes. Um, I think one of the big winners was everybody tweeting, what's the Kaminsky method? Because everybody on my timeline was tweeting that. And really, they kind of have a point. Big time. Have because you guys watched it yet? No. no. I watched the trailer for it, and I thought, you know, I, I love Ad- Adam Arkin so much. Or is it mm-hmm. Alan Arkin? Which Alan one is Arkin. It? I love Alan Arkin so much. I love Michael Douglas. I'm going to check it out at some point, and then just never did. Why, Jensen? Because there's too much TV. There you exactly. go. There you go. It's kind of like it's like Grace and Frankie for dudes. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a great analogy. It's just old dudes yeah. doing old dude but it's stuff. But it's a Chuck Lorre show. Right. And I wouldn't say that Chuck Lorre makes award-winning television mm-hmm. more than he makes very popular television. Sure. Which is true. Yeah, sure. Uh, so now I will give one episode a shot because okay. I want to know why. But I, I uh, up against what it was up against, I right. can't it was believe a it was. Yeah, right, for can't sure. Believe it. 
All right. Well, let's go through. Let's start off um, with television, the best drama series, The Americans, which after six seasons was finally nominated and finally won. <laughs> yeah. What is happening? Okay. Best limited series or TV show was The Assassination of Gianni Versace. And that's- I don't think that surprised anyone. No, no. It's very good. For sure. Uh, best musical or comedy series, The Kaminsky Method. Okay. That shocked everyone. Yes, yeah. it did. I think we all expected Mrs. Maisel, right? Yes, but I, in my heart, hoped Good Place, but yes. Mm-hmm. Best actor in a drama series, Richard Madden. Best actress in a TV drama, Sandra Oh. And can we just discuss her parents? She, <gasps> that, they really may have oh, stole the whole show. They really yeah. did. The joy and pride on their face, standing up, cheering for her. Mm-hmm. I had tears. It was wonderful. Um, Michael Douglas won for Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy, of course, for The Kaminsky Method. Rachel Brosnahan, Best Actress, Musical or Comedy. Best Supporting um, Actor in a Series or Made for TV Movie, Ben Widshaw. Wishaw. He's from a uh, bodyguard, right? Yes. He, uh, he is from a very English scandal. A very English oh, scandal. Yes. Man, see, mm-hmm. guys, see, it's all do, the can same. I report back yeah. to you that there's too much TV? <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, best actress in a limited series or made for TV movie, Patricia Arquette, which a lot of people were happy about, but a lot of people also thought that maybe Amy Adams should have won that one. Mm-hmm. Best actress in a supporting role in a series, limited series or motion picture made for television, Patricia Clarkson. Holy God. Her in Sharp Objects, okay. It was phenomenal acting. Yeah. Best yeah. actor in a limited series or made-for-TV movie, Darren Chris Ford, Gianni Versace. Who's so good in that. Yes. Uh, moving on to the movies. Best drama, Bohemian Rhapsody. Ugh. Really? Also, how does that win drama, but not, not, does musical not get nominated for musical? It makes no sense. None of it. None of it makes sense. Because best musical or comedy went to Green Book, which, was it funny? Was that not movie really no. funny? No, it's not a comedy in any way. No. Best actor in a drama, Rami Malek. Rami, Rami, Malek. Yeah. Um, best actress in a drama, this shocked everyone because nobody knew The Wife was a movie. Glenn Close. Who, what? No. I only, what I, happened? It, it came as a screener. That was the only reason I knew. But people have been saying it's going to be either her or Gaga for the Oscar, but I mm-hmm. I can't imagine it not going to Gaga last night, especially with the foreign press loving their like shiny winners so they right. get a yeah. lot of attention. It seemed like a like an easy slam dunk. That was a shocker. I mean look, Glenn Close is one of the greatest actresses of all time. And has never sure. won an Oscar, right? And has never won an Oscar, yeah. right? She's been nominated like six or seven times. So it's not that she's not great, but you, there's so many fa- factors that go into who ends up winning, you think. Yeah. Momentum and whatnot. It was just, I mean, no one had that in the office pool. No, no. no. And if she ends up winning the uh, Oscar for The Wife, it's like such a clear career win. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, more exactly. for a body of work. Right. Best actress in a musical or a comedy. How excited were you being for Olivia Coleman? And what a wonderful speech she gave. Yeah. I like that she thanked her bitches. She sure did. <laughs> when, She's hilarious. When you thank your co-workers as your bitches, you're my people. Olivia <laughs> Coleman, right there. Christian B- Christian yeah. Bale won for Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy. Another great acceptance speech. He is off his rocker. Yeah, another guy I wouldn't want to sit next to in, in an airplane. Oh, he's just magic. Uh, best animated motion picture, Spider-Man Yay. into the Spider-Verse. Uh, it felt like the, the most redeeming win for me. And that came out three weeks ago, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> sure did. It's already won a Golden Globe. Best screenplay went to Green Book, which a lot of people were like, wow, okay for that too. Here's the thing about Green Book. You guys haven't seen it, right? I have. Oh, you have? Yes. Okay. 
Do you agree with the consensus that seems to be that the acting is incredible, Mahershala and Vigo are both incredible, but that the script is a little by the numbers, a little oversimplification? But it's so that kind of Oscar win. I mean, I did not enjoy it. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed the acting, but Mm -hmm. like you said, it's just, it's so heavy handed. It's so obvious. It's it's driving Miss Daisy flipped. I mean, I can tell you, it's just, you know what it is. You go in, you're like, I know exactly how this movie is going to play out. And Mm -hmm. then it does. Right. It's not a best picture. Yeah, or was, best, was, best screenplay, neither. That was a real surprise. Yeah. You guys have real, real feelings. And what I love about the hot takes <laughs> and the opinions and the outrage, mm-hmm. and I'm guilty of all of those, yeah. is that it doesn't make a bit of difference no. who wins. It no. affects Mm-mm. none of us in any way ever. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No. Best foreign language film, Roma. Best original Great. song, of course, went to uh, Lady Gaga, Mark Ronson. Uh, for Shallow, Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture, Mahershala Ali in Green Book. And Best Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture went to Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. Could she be more lovely of a human being? I love her so very much. And that I'm movie's with, great. With you right there. That movie's great. You love that one, Bean? I, no, I haven't seen the movie yet. I just love Regina King in everything. Yes. I wish she could win an award for every role she's ever taken. She's that good. Even the clip like, they showed last night, you could not take your eyes off her. And I feel like every role lately that she's been in, she has been winning, which yeah. delights me to no yeah. end. Yeah. <sighs> well, there you have it. Um, by any chance, did you see my Twitter last night? Because I have a, um, a knack for texting somebody that I think I'm texting, but it, it isn't the last person that text me, texted me, so I just wind up texting the wrong people constantly. Okay. It's just, it's a gift I have. Well, last night I did it. Um, I tweeted, anyone else just send a text that said, Alfonso Cuaron can get it to the wrong person? <laughs> also, what's the proper follow-up to my Postmate? <laughs> Postmate had said running late, blah, 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 and I thought that that was the second text I'd gotten, sure. so went right to the top and sent the one about the you know the guy that wrote Roma about he could get it and it went to my postmate. Did was there a response? There wasn't, and he uh, made no reference to it when he handed me the food. And I thought that was a nice a nice way to go. Right Five there. stars, big tip. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Some uh, some birthdays for you guys: Nicholas Cage, Lauren Cohen, Jeremy Renner, Aloe Black, Katie Couric, and David Caruso. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, right. The glasses. Yeah, the glasses. I'll, yeah. I'll have it for you next time. Thank I you. hope so. Oh, and that's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. Michael Snyder is the senior editor for Variety. We have been lucky enough to call him a friend for many, many years. We're always excited to have him in, but we've never asked this question before, Michael. <laughs> Why do you Uh-oh. insist on, on Sex spot. and Candy by Marcy Playground as your entrance music? I know, I know. Why do we always have to play that every time you come on? I love that you guys ask one song sure. to play you on, and it's got to be Marcy Playground. It's yeah. always got to be Marcy yeah. Playground. You've so. said for years. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, last night, obviously, were the 76th Annual Golden Globe Awards. Let me start with a piece of tape, and then we'll start with talking about the host. It was Andy Samberg and Sandra O. Oh. We are going to have some fun, give out some awards, and one lucky audience member will host the Oscars! Is there is there a rivalry? Is the Golden Globes, I and mean, was that is that something that you think they're happy about that they they can kind of make fun of the Oscars and the troubles they're going through finding a host this year? I think so a little bit. You know, there there's a friendly. I don't even know friendly, but there's a definitely definite rivalry between all these different shows. So the fact that they were able to get uh, hosts pretty effortlessly compared mm-hmm. to the Oscars. Uh, 
which, uh, you know, still, as of now, doesn't have a host, and I don't think will have a host. Uh, I That's... think we know the answer now. It's Jeff Bridges. <laughs> I <laughs> right? wish. He's still giving his awesome. acceptance speech, yeah. by the way, backstage. So. What is the, the impression I, I get from, uh, from the publications um, around the country is that they were competent and uh, pleasant and inoffensive. I think that's the best you can do these days. I mean, that's, yeah. put that on the poster. These shows are impossible, and they're they're getting worse and worse as uh, people have plenty of options. They don't need to watch award shows if they don't want to, and most people don't anymore. So, I don't know what you do to save these shows. Uh, more entertainment, perhaps, but then you got to give out these awards, and the show went long as it is because they added a brand new award, this Carol Burnett Award, which added more time to the show. Mm -hmm. So, there's no good answer. So, I think they did the best that they could. I think they but... don't. I think they're they're caring about the TV audience is secondary. No, for all well, of these award shows. I mean, they do care about the ratings because sure, it does say yeah. something. And ultimately, you know, the license fee for these award shows depend on people actually watching. So it is going to come back if people continue to tune out. But I don't know necessarily what the answer is other than get rid of the awards, like the Grammys, perhaps. But you can't do that with uh, an acting show like this. Yeah, the Grammys only give out, what, nine or ten over the course of the night. If even the that. Rest yeah. of performance. All right, speaking of performances, is this something that would be a possibility? They do have a best song category. Why not put some some music on the show, some entertainment? Yeah, well, let's make it longer. <laughs> well, Lady, no, but I'm saying people might be interested in seeing Lady Gaga sing on the show. You know, well, yeah, and the Oscars do do that, and I think that that helps the Oscars uh, telecast somewhat. I think the problem also with uh, the the Golden Globes is they have both movie and TV awards. They have a lot of awards to give out right. in a limited number of time, uh, so there, there's just no room to pack even more in beyond that. And how often is there going to be a Lady Gaga up for an award to sing? That's going right. to be a draw every, you know, eight years. Yeah, yeah. So on the flip side, you might have some yeah. years where Marcy Playground shows no, up. No, and, uh, you know, well, like, if you have Sex and Candy 2019. So. I, I know we've asked you this before, Michael, but with a few exceptions, one of which is Christian Bale that we'll play a clip from here in a second. With a few exceptions, actors get up there and read a boring list of names. I know they must have pre-production meetings with all the nominees where they say, look, we know that you have people that you are grateful to, but let's try to make the show entertaining. Try to do something that the people at home will care about. Yeah, the problem None with of the, them do. The problem with the actors is that they don't care about the ratings or who's watching. Mm -hmm. They only care about making sure that the studio's happy, that their reps are happy, that, that everyone sense. they want to thank is thanks. So as much as they beg the winners to please say something, do something, um, they, they they still need to you know give their thanks first and foremost. I, a couple of people have tried. You saw last night some people did try to have a message, but yeah. they're, they're also a little nervous and they bungle it sometimes and i love it when they when they start to play them off and then somebody has to make a decision at some point all right let's just stop playing them off and let them go yeah yeah peter Farrelly last I night i don't that. know if you saw at one point he was like nope nope you are not you're not playing me off <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, peter Farrelly's went through a lot of duds to get to that yeah, moment yeah. Yeah. So, so so some poor sap at the the control switch is like i guess we're going long <laughs> peter Farrelly said we're going long <laughs> Here's Christian Bale, who won for his portrayal of Dick Cheney in the movie Vice, and I just assume this is another of his fake accents. Oh, look at all of us. What a bunch of lucky buggers we are, right? To make a life out of doing something that we love, right? That's extraordinary. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of that for so many years. By the way, uh, we'll play more in a moment, but Michael, wasn't it funny how many people on social media last night had no idea that Christian Bale was British? Really Welsh, <laughs> but I mean, they were expecting, because I guess they've seen him play so many roles where he's an American that they assume he must, must be American, right? Acting. Acting, right. <laughs> um, thank you to my beautiful wife. 
who told me less is more. Say less right now. She knows the dumb crap that can come out of my mouth at times. <laughs> I, I, I can sink and ruin a perfectly good movie and a so-so career in, in, in one speech. So thank you for that advice, my love. I wouldn't be working without her. And thank you for our beautiful children, Banana and Burrito. You know, they've given me a love and a soul that I never thought possible. <laughs> Banana and Burrito. Another <laughs> highlight. Yeah, by, by the way, Jensen, baby names. I right? know, those aren't bad at all. <laughs> Not bad at all. <laughs> burrito Bale. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Um, we are going to take a quick break. Michael Schneider is here from Variety, and we're talking about the Golden Globes from last night. You have to agree with us that there were some head-scratching shockers oh. when those envelopes were open last night. All Always, and especially this year, a ton of real strange choices. Yeah, there was nobody who there's nobody who aced their office pool this year. <laughs> not at all, not at all. But that's what's great about the Globes, actually, is it is so unpredictable, and they are just a little weird. Mm-hmm. Well, they're goddamn foreigners. That's why. <laughs> More with our guests right after this on K Rock. The Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. Michael Snyder in our studio here on K Rock. He is the senior editor of Variety, where you can find tons of coverage on last night's. Uh, 76th Annual Golden Globe Awards. All right, we uh, talked a lot about the show, the hosts, the speeches. Now let's talk about the awards a little bit. And maybe you could just give a a, a, a background uh, for folks who don't know who the people are who vote for the Golden Globes. Yeah, I think people forget it's it's less than 90 people who vote for this. Hmm. So it's just members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, so really small group. Uh, so, you know, if, if a couple of them are swayed by you know, a press conference or a moment that they had with a certain actress or actor, then that could swing the vote their way. And that's why you get a lot of weird choices and a lot of weird winners. But that's also, I think, kind of what makes the Globes interesting and at least different from the other award shows. But how did it become so important if it's only 90 people choosing? I think part of it is the timing uh, in the awards it's season. Early, yeah, yeah it's, it's a chance to sort of promote a movie before they even go with nominations for the Oscars. Uh, it also ended up on NBC, so NBC managed to make it a, a big telecast, so time of year. A couple of things that sort of turned the Globes into something that's bigger than what it probably should be. Yeah, it's definitely not a precursor for the Oscars because there's no way in a million years, right, that Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody win the Best Picture Oscar, is there? I mean, they're in the conversation, so to that degree, they are part of the awards cycle. But, uh, yeah, I think even though Star is Born did not win much of anything other than Shallow uh, last night, it's still in the hunt for the, the big Oscar. It could still very well be, win the big prize, even though it came up pretty empty at so the Globes. Can you explain why, because I, I still can't figure it out, why is Bohemian Rhapsody a drama, but Green Book is a musical or comedy. Yeah, it's kind of archaic how, how they decided. I think a lot of it is up to the people submitting their films. So if they decide that we're more a drama, uh, you could argue that Bohemian Rhapsody is a drama because they don't uh, you know break out into song to forward the narration. It's sure. just you know the queen body of work. Do so, they sometimes it, decide that based on, hey, this category has a better chance of us winning? Right. Yeah, it's all strategy. Uh, that's true with all these award shows. You enter yourself in the category that you think you have a best the best shot. Uh, you know, Green Book in comedy or musical, that did seem very strange to me. <laughs> it's strange to me. Um, it's but neither. Star, Star is Born also in the drama category instead of music. So yeah. it, it kind of makes a little bit of a mockery of these categories. But, uh, you know, then again, it's it's all sort of, it's all uh, a wash and at it's this a point. And it's a bit of a power move, I think, for them. Because now Bohemian Rhapsody, even in my mind, I'm like, well, I guess it could be up for Best Picture. Because it's seen as a drama. If it was in musical and comedy, those are always kind of pushed off when it comes right. to Oscar time. Right, right. Because comedies... Uh, 
you know, they ha- they have a longer shot at actually getting any sort of nomination at yeah. the Oscars. So you want to be seen as a drama. Yeah, so that, that seems and like and now Bohemian Rhapsody definitely upped its game, and it's it's now much more contender than it was before. Is it? <laughs> I mean, that was that was the shock of the night. That was the ah. shock of the night. It's, Is that the worst reviewed Best Picture? winner it could be um it's like uh, a 60 on rotten tomatoes yeah it's it did not get great reviews i thought the music was great rami malik was great but uh, the film itself uh you know could have could have used something huge, like a, like a, like a story could have yeah, used right? a story but that's just me <laughs> whatever <laughs> Go fish. um yeah but freddie mercury wasn't interesting so how could they come up with a story uh, exactly <laughs> all right we mentioned those two movies that were surprise winners now let's get into the kaminsky method which had to have been the number one google search last night is what the hell is the Kaminsky method, right? Yeah, to, that to me, though, is a, a, a typical uh, HFPA Golden Globes winner. It's got Michael Douglas at the heart of it, and he's this classic actor who, you know, uh, uh, you know the voters have loved for years. Uh, it's a Netflix show. Uh, it, it just, you know, ultimately, in hindsight, it made total sense that they were going to go for that. Does the Hollywood Foreign Press like the idea that people are sitting on the couch going, What? I think they do actually right? a little that- bit. They they uh, they kind of want to be kingmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it was kind of interesting that they ended up giving the award to the Americans, which was a more traditional pick. Uh, you know, in in some ways, very anti what the Globes usually does. So that's why it's kind of all over the map what they, what they did last night. The foreign press also likes when big stars come to their events, like a Michael Douglas with Catherine yeah. Zeta-Jones. That to them is a win in itself. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it was a little surprising that Lady Gaga, by the way, I can't say Lady Gaga looking at you without thinking. Right? It's pretty bad. <laughs> I won't do it. <laughs> but, but, but why Lady Gaga didn't win was a little bit of a surprise yeah, because they, right they love them some stars. Yeah. So that, the, that was a shock. These are the shows that the Kaminsky Method beat. Barry, The Good Place, Kidding, and Mrs. Mizell. There's no world where it's better than those shows. <laughs> I can't imagine, and I'm going to say because I haven't watched, like, like 95% of the world, I haven't watched Kaminsky Method. I, it, it just seems like such a... A, 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 in my opinion, it seems as if Netflix may have maybe spent a little more money talking to the foreign well, press. Well, that 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 always could be a part of it. It's a good show. It's a decent show. You know, Chuck Lorre is the creator of it. No, so, that's not helping. So that's he, not helping. No. <laughs> <laughs> but but nonetheless, yeah, you're right. I mean, on there, I would have loved to have seen Good Place. Me too. Can, can yeah. they be swayed? This is one of those. Uh, where, this is one of those where you sort of a lot. You used know. to take them out to lunch and you wine them and dine them, and then they would give you an award, right? I think it mm-hmm. always helps to have access to the talent. They do love sitting down and talking to the producers and directors, and I think that helps because you know once they spend some time with them, they they kind of feel a little better about that mm-hmm. show or that film. So, uh, but I think that's true with everyone. I think that's true with uh, all, most critics. Uh, you know, they they want to learn more about these shows, so it helps when you actually talk to the creators and get an idea of what they were going for. What do you hear from the party circuit last night after the Golden Globes, Michael? Well, as I was telling you uh, off uh, off mic, uh, my my hot goss was uh, Tay Tay eating some pizza at the Fox party. Bean, that was all for you. It's <laughs> not hot goss, by the way. <laughs> so a, so a human eight is what yes, you're telling me. That's exactly. a, that's your break. Exactly. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm going to uh, speak for Jensen here uh, and ask this question: Why no tidying up with Marie Kondo on the Golden Globes? <laughs> Where was the nomination for I, that show? I'll tell you one thing: it didn't spark joy for me. <laughs> but I, I, I watched that show this weekend too just we like all you did. guys I, and and how, the, how you fold your shirts and, and you do it vertically that like was that's... revolutionary 
<laughs> I don't have enough time in my day to Same. do all that. Well, and but by the way, all my stuff and I've got a lot of stuff at home. I I should show you, but oh, you have uh, you have DVDs. I have TV guides oh, going I back know. to 1953. I, I did your podcast so. once, and you came in with a promo because I did it with Method Man. You had a promo item from Red and Meth, the yeah. Fox show. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, that sparks joy. All of my cheesy swag from all these bad TV shows. My my Shasta McNasty hat. Um, she would come to your house and you would not get rid of a thing. I would. Just go, I would you know what? I don't need you. You know what doesn't spark joy? Marie Kondo. You are leaving my house. And I'm keeping my stuff. Well, your house does not have any blessings. <laughs> All right. What, uh, what's going on on uh, Variety.com today for our listeners who want to keep up? So the so, aftermath of the Golden Globes. <laughs> well, we do have tons of party coverage. Uh, we do have uh, a lot of analysis, recaps. What does this mean for the Oscar race and a lot more? So oh, Darren definitely... Chris ate a dumpling. <laughs> Check out <laughs> Variety.com. Sandra O oh had a Shirley Temple. It's all there. It was delicious. Right. By the way, Lauren Michaels did have what looked like to be a Shirley Temple. There you go. Hot coverage, hot goss. All right, well, we don't have time to play you out with Marcy Playground, so just uh, let's assume we did. Michael, always a pleasure, sir. Get some sleep later today. Thanks for stopping by. Sex and candy forever, guys. (laughs) It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Allie's got what's happening here on this Monday. Well, Bean, I know you were very busy this weekend watching um, something called Tidying Up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Uh, did How you... to fold your shirts. I mean. <laughs> uh, did you get to see any of the surviving R. Kelly docuseries? I did not. I have the entire thing recorded, and <sighs> I'm looking forward to it. And I've heard nothing but rave reviews about it, and I've heard people ask... Like, uh, I probably the story you're going to do, why are people still listening to R. Kelly's music? Uh, why are people still listening to it? How is he still signed at RCA? How are you even thinking about putting on a concert yeah. with this guy? It's, it, it is something, if you didn't see it, it is uh, six parts, but it started on Thursday night. So they did two a night. So Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. And it just details from start to finish... Decades of abuse How of underage girls. How did it take this long it, uh, to finally make any kind of difference with him? Well, it, and it one, still it hasn't. hasn't. It, um, hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. it hasn't at all. And I mean, there had been stories about him forever. And then it was probably within the last five years that there was a specific writer at Rolling Stone and other ones that had been chronicling this forever and finally started getting some traction. Yeah, and, we, had, we had him on a couple of times talking about it, and it's yeah. just like become his mission because he just, it's such an injustice that this guy's not behind bars. Well, there's stories right now that he has women captive at his yeah. house. Like, it's not like this isn't necessarily something that's passive. Yeah, this is this is the definition of sex trafficking, what he is doing allegedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I say allegedly, you have parents on this show sobbing mm-hmm. because they cannot get a hold of their daughters who have been brainwashed by this man. It is it is stunning television. It is devastating to see these women that did get out just bearing their souls and saying, "Listen, we got to get this guy." It's insane to me. Um it's it's uh it's a lot. And one of the only um big stars really to speak out about it and who's involved in the docu series was John Legend. And a lot of people were saying, thank you so much for even appearing in this. So he tweeted, to everyone telling me how courageous I am for appearing in the dock, it didn't feel risky at all. I believe these women and don't give a F about protecting a serial child rapist. 
easy decision. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Good coming, coming out against R. Kelly has been a very odd, no one does it really. Yeah. And I think in the, next, why, the why? next few, I don't, I, I really haven't understood. Yeah, because it seems like he's saying it's a simple choice. Yeah, yeah, and Chance the Rapper has had a bit of an issue this last week because he did a song with R. Kelly in the last two years, mm-hmm. like year, like way too late in the game. Uh, and he, this week, announced he is ashamed of doing the song and regrets it. He had done an interview with a woman that is in the documentary yeah. a ton. I, I don't understand his wording of it. He says it's out he, of context. But. Well, and they showed it in yeah. the documentary. It's exactly what he said. But he said, I didn't believe them because they were young black girls. And I think I think what he's saying is that the sentence or the paragraph before that is he was saying, in society, we do tend to take black women's word uh, at a lesser value. Right. And I did that myself. Yeah, so he does. Did, he did have a bit of a setup for that. He does admit that it was a huge mistake as well. Um, I mean, then there's Lady Gaga. There's yeah. Jay-Z. There are people that have worked with him since we've known that all of these horrible things are in his past. It's it's just Not shocking. only can I not enjoy the song Trapped in the Closet now, now I'm skeeved out by the title. Yeah. yeah. Oh, listen, you, Age is Just a Number is a song you yeah. worked on. Yeah, I mean, you could go through each single catalog and, and freak out over what's been going on. The good news, silver lining here, and I know it's going to sound bad at first. Uh, streams are up 16% of R. Kelly music this week. Unbelievable. The, the silver lining, the good news, he doesn't mm-hmm. own his publishing. So that's is that right? Good. Yeah, he doesn't own yeah. it. So that's good news. And he wouldn't know. This is a big part of, of the documentary as well. He cannot read. He, he needs all, people to do things for him. So when his ex-wife was saying, who's making all of these, you know, these uh, flight arrangements? Who's arranging for all these people? He has this team of people, complicit people that are aiding in his disgusting behavior and all of them need to be taken down at the same at the same time it is just it is a lot to watch but it is also loving ignition the remix stop loving it now and (laughs) and it it begs the question that we've we've had this conversation on the show a ton of times can you separate the artists from the art and i i can't and i've i've been very clear about that and i think when you say you can you're helping these men flourish when you say I can still listen to him and I can still, you know, I'm not going to go to his concert, but you're still listening to him. You're still a part of it. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to me, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. It is just gross. But definitely worth a watch is all I'm going to say. I think I think something might might come of this. I really, really it's do. It's incredible that nothing has come of this. There is video that they showed during his, uh, during the lawsuit against him of child pornography. He's in the video, and I won't say what he's doing, but it is despicable besides the fact that she was a 14-year-old child. Yep, but and it things, seemed unsanitary. Uh, yes, we'll say unsanitary. And his goddaughter, right? His goddaughter and the bass player for him. His daughter, who still plays with him. The whole thing is so messed up on so many levels, but you are literally seeing that in a courtroom, and you're still saying, eh, not guilty. What does it take? Yeah, that's crazy. Well, if R. Kelly has followed through with his threat to sue everybody involved in this series... And I, I hope think, he does. I think there'll be no, some he stuff... He doesn't want to be... Uh, yeah, Discovery would be a real bitch. Would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be tough for him, yeah. All right, well, that's a, that was an uplifting... Good time. real... For Happy you. story for Monday. <laughs> All right. Hey, some birthdays for you. Jeremy Renner, Aloe Black.
Katie Couric, David Caruso. Oh, you want it again? Come I on, mean, every time. Come on. All right, say it again. David Caruso. Yeah! And a man that just has issues with bees. Nicholas Cage. What is it? What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, no, not the bees. Not the bees. Ah! I'm losing my eyes. My eyes. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Nicholas Cage had at one time three homes in New Orleans, uh, lost them all to tax struggles. Yeah. So the IRS took them all away. But he does still have his one and a half million dollar tomb in a cemetery in New Orleans. I've visited it. Where what? he plans to I be did. buried. I visited it. It's mm-hmm. a it looks like it's like a little baby Luxor. It's like yeah, a little it's a pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> one and a half million dollars on a tomb. I wonder how he ran into money problems. Is Chris Angel doing a show there? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. They're actually a Pacquiao's fighting there next month. Oh good God. That's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey Rock. So for months and months and months, Andrew Siciliano has been the busiest man on TV doing the Red Zone on DirecTV. Let's find out how he spent his first Sunday off yesterday. Hey, Andrew, welcome to the Kevin Beach Show, my friend. How are you? Good morning, guys. Happy New Year. I don't know how you guys do it every week. Do what? Sit on your ass for seven hours and watch football. It's the best thing. Yet. What are you talking about? It's so easy. It, it's. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but like the the lethargy, the right. the the I just feel like a sloth. That's like what I drives us. Get up. That's the point. <laughs> I, I mean, you could stretch, I, Andrew. I well, I'm moving the whole time during the show. I'm screaming and I'm yelling and I'm drinking coffee and I'm pacing. But and I'm getting mad at people for silly things that by the end of the show I'm like, why did I lose my cool? And like <laughs> yesterday. I, I did get up and go across the street to the grocery store at between the two games. Oh, you're a crazy man. Right back. I got right back on the couch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what was your peeing schedule like yesterday, Andrew, when you had the ability like to pee whenever you wanted? We need that question every time. I went every commercial. Okay, good for you. Whether you had to or not. Yeah. I don't yeah, even well, know. Exactly. exactly. It's, it's like, it's like you, may, you have this luxury, you may as well use it. Exactly. I don't know where to even start on this awesome wild card. You started in the bathroom. Okay, gotcha. But um, why don't we go ahead and start with the double doink? Here's the audio of what happened with time running out at the very end of the Eagles-Bears game. If If the Bears make this field goal, they win it. Let's find out what happened. 43-yard attempt from the right hash mark. Did this hit the upright and the crossbar? Bottom line, it doesn't go through upright. It looks like it bounced off the crossbar as well. Oh, my goodness. The Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Oh, that's crazy. Why does Cody Parkey hit the upright so often, Andrew? Way more than any other kicker. Do you know how hard that is to do consistently? Yeah. You, you, can make, you can make a competition out of that with kickers and say, try to hit the upright. And they wouldn't be able to. Yeah, and you, and you couldn't do it. He's now done it six times this year. He, look, there, there's two ways to look at this. Number one is that, I'm sorry, Cody Parkey was a stand-up guy after the game. He stood in front of his locker. He answered all the questions. He said the right things, so much so that even Kobe tweeted at him, 
by like, hey, man, good for you. Much respect. I'm an athlete. But, you know, go back to the lab and keep working at it. But good for you for owning it. And then there's the other side of it, which is he kept the Bears out of advancing of the playoffs. Yeah. That's a kick he should make, and it's a, it's a kick he is paid to make, compensated well. Look, this has been an issue the entire year for Cody Parkey. Not only did he hit the upright a lot, he, he just flat out missed a lot to the point where midseason the Bears would take him to the stadium. They practiced like 40 miles away. They would take him to the stadium during the week so that he could kick and get used to the stadium. It became such a big news story, I'm not making this up, that local Chicago news helicopters would fly over the stadium on Thursdays to shoot pictures of him kicking in the stadium. <laughs> That's insane. And so the Bears banned the news helicopters. So they knew so they they knew it's it's risky they to knew go with this, this guy. Was yeah. An issue. And but now here's the other thing. The kick did get tipped. Now, you need the Zapruder film to see it, right. but it emerged after the game. That, it, that it, helps. It's only got a fingernail on it, but the line held up well. It got it got blocked, or it got tipped because he, he hit a low ball. He missed it. They should win. And if you want to hear a crazy call, I just tweeted it. I should have sent it to you, but I just woke up, as you can hear by the sound of my voice. Um, the Spanish... Philadelphia broadcast that is funny. is unbelieving believable. <laughs> where the guy keeps yelling, "No, senor, no, no senor, senor, no senor, no senor," and then he starts singing, "Chicago, Chicago," <laughs> to mock the city, and then yells in Spanish, "We're going to New Orleans." Did you uh, did you see that Philadelphia Eagles fans have been Venmoing money to Cody Parkey? Uh, to thank I mean, him, he's just being jerks. I know, like, I know, but it's funny. like see, see, but there's there's a backstory here. So last year, when Andy Dalton of the Cincinnati Bengals threw that amazing touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd it, with with like 20 seconds left, week 17, the Bengals beat the Ravens, and the Ravens were about to win and go to the playoffs. Right. But by this miracle touchdown, the Buffalo Bills got in the playoffs for the first time since no joke the 90s. So all the Buffalo fans went to Andy Dalton's charitable foundation. That's right. Like a, a good cause. And they raised a hundred grand. Wow, went, that's hey, right. Here is our civic thank you to you. Now, I don't know the details of this, but this just sounds like a bunch of fans being jerks. It, I'm sure it does, yeah. All right, you mentioned the Ravens. That's a great transition. You were frustrated, like a lot of people watching that game yesterday, saying, look, we know that Lamar Jackson is your guy, but he is not getting the job done today. Pull him. Bring Flacco back into the game. Why wasn't that decision made? It, it can't really be understood, to be honest with you. Now, you have to realize that the backdrop here is that Joe Flacco had, if Lamar Jackson kept playing well, played in his final game as a Raven. The coach, the organization, everyone knows this is it. They're not going to pay him the whatever he's owed next year. He's going to go somewhere else. The coach's contract is also... Uh, he's heading into a lame duck year. He says he's going to be back. The team says he's going to be back. But they're teams that want to send draft picks and trade for him. The idea of him putting Joe Flacco in at the end just seemed crazy on a number of instances right. in terms of the organization. Right, but what but if, if they win? Here and now, <laughs> but what had, if they win? What if a great they question, win, though? You had to do it. I mean, but but here's what's even nuttier. They got the ball back with 45 seconds left, and every Charger fan thought they were going to blow it. Yeah. So he still somehow found a way, but I'm with you. I was saying you got to put Flacco in. you got to give this team a chance. And, the, you know, I made the analogy, and a lot of people hated it, that if it's 
if it's game one of the World Series and and um, and Clayton Kershaw is getting his his brains bashed in, he's given up six runs in the first. You pull him and you live to fight another day. Clayton Kershaw is not going to be mentally scarred next season. He's a big boy now. Lamar Jackson's only twenty one years old, but there's this thought in football that you can't do that to a quarterback, especially a young one, because you ruin his psyche. And then everyone laughed at me. And then Joe Thomas, the soon to be Hall of Fame offensive lineman. I tweeted, it's like baseball. He's a pitcher. Get him out of there. Yeah. Uh, hey, just going forward, since it's L.A., do you like what you saw from the Chargers? I mean, the Chargers get all the credit in the world for going on the road for an early kickoff and beating a team that had been red hot. They had the clear advantage. And to answer your question, yes, I like what I see. They had okay. a clear advantage of playing them already once earlier. And they had a great game plan. They played seven defensive backs. They played four defensive linemen. And they played seven corners and safeties and the Ravens had no answer. You never see that. All right. Let's well, uh, Can I ask you a question, Andrew? You sound flummoxed. Oh, I'm I'm just, I'm flummoxed as to why the Chargers were where in um what city were they in? They're in Baltimore. 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 That's yes, right. It's flummoxed, not flummoxed. Thank uh, you. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. Um so they just played there instead of staying on the East Coast to play mm-hmm. the Patriots on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Why are they flying across the country back here instead of just staying there, getting used to the weather? They haven't played in any weather so far this year. What are they doing? It's a great question. Only they can answer that. You don't often see teams stay on the road for playoff games, although it certainly has been done. Uh, they think that they are better served to get out of there quickly as possible, get back here. They got back late last night and then fly on Friday morning. Um, only they can answer that. It's a crazy back and forth. I, I don't know what the weather is on the East Coast right now, but I do know that the early forecast for Boston is three to five inches of snow yeah. for that game. Yeah, that's that's uh, pretty different weather than yeah, I think Coach Alley is right. I I'm think, saying I think it just doesn't make sense. You, you should. You, you, we should get Anthony Lynn on the line and ask him, what the heck are you doing? Some I'm, teams do it because they don't want to pay the expense of staying on the road, I honestly don't know their answer. But in this case, it would make a lot of sense. Some coaches don't want to jinx it. Like, we don't want to have to find the facility, as, as crazy as that sounds, and then find out. And then we, then we lose the game. We made all this preparation to stay. I know that sounds nutty. I have a question. Uh, why didn't the Seahawks just hand the ball to Marshawn? Great okay. question, Kevin. Really? Yeah. At great some question. Point, I, I thought your question would be, why wouldn't they throw the ball more? I mean, Thank this is you. the reverse of the Super Bowl. <laughs> they came out and they looked, but they ran and ran and ran and ran all year. Their percentages actually weren't any different. They got to where they were because they ran the ball all the time. They won um, 10 games running the ball as well as anybody in the league. And then correct. yesterday when it didn't work, because, or excuse me, Saturday, when it didn't work because the Cowboys shut them down, they waited until the, the three quarters of the way through the fourth quarter to go, hey, you know what? We actually have a pretty good quarterback who can throw. throw. Let's try that. Yeah. We should, we should try throwing on something other than fourth down. That was I was infuriated. Down. Seahawks fans have a right to be furious at the, the play calling on that game, right? What about Pete Carroll? And was he chewing gum at all? Any shots of that? He was chewing gum, and he was moving really, really fast for a guy his age. Um, <laughs> and and it's still like the Ravens game came down to an onside kick, which onside kicks with the new rules this year, you, you, no one gets an onside kick. They've only been four successfully done all year, but yeah. they have the Aussie punter because their 64-year-old kicker 
um, blew a hammy. Yep, and, they had no they had um, no kicker for the end of the game, right? It, well, he it just didn't. You know, I'm not a I'm, I'm a bad golfer, so I know that when one tops off his irons, meaning you know swings over the ball, it bounces as opposed to get under the ball, it goes straight up in the air, and he he put the ball straight up. Yeah, it was a perfect kick from the Cowboys Saturday, guys. I mean, look, we're all excited about the next round, you know? I mean, every weekend is more exciting than the one before just because we get closer and closer to the ultimate prize. But uh, great uh, recap, Andrew. I'm glad you enjoyed your time on the couch. We'll look forward to talking to you again next Monday. You are on the NFL Network's Up to the Minute, of course. Don't miss that today on the, well, of course, the NFL Network is where (laughs) it is. Andrew, thanks for the time, sir. See you, guys. The Kevin and Bean Show. The world-famous K-Rock. Jensen, you yeah. saw a fascinating sports story that isn't really about sports at all. No, uh, but I'm a big basketball guy, and I'm a fan of diversion or just mm. manipulation. Sure. Okay. Things I like, and that story, uh, this story has all of those things involved. It's a high school team in Missouri, and they're now under investigation uh, after a videotape exposes them for cheating when it comes to their triplet teammates on the varsity team. They're triplets? Yes, so three dudes... High school students who look exactly alike are all on the same team. I wonder it, how likely that is to happen, by the way, that all three would be good enough to play on a team. Oh, I thought you meant having even triplets, like, uh, in sports in general. Do like, do you guys know any twins or triplets that are good at the same thing? Uh, the Hanson brothers. No. Well, that's not a real thing. <laughs> oh, really? No, that was a film. Oh, okay. Yeah, any good Everybody should watch Slapshot. Uh, well, it seems that the coach was swapping out the identical brothers when it came to taking free throws, making sure that the family member with the highest percentage was always at the line. All right, now that makes... That makes perfect sense if there weren't numbers on the backs right. of the jerseys. But referees don't pay attention to the numbers well, of, of the foul. No, they that's, don't. That's how they know what players they're looking at. They no, call the foul on number whatever, and they yes. say it to the bench. That's okay. But, they called the foul on that person. Right. That's not the foul. That's not who's shooting. That's not who's shooting. So, like, for example, if you foul me. notice that? Yeah, if I'd... you foul me, the referee will be, like, number 12. Right. But they won't look at my number. They just will be like, is it the same dude? Okay, it looks like the same guy. Me and you? <laughs> no, no, but I get, when I go to the line... <laughs> right, no, they, I hear you. Yeah, they say. So the video that's in question is from a championship game uh, for Dora High School against a high school that I'm, I think is poorly named, uh, Licking High, uh, <laughs> where, where one boy, uh, number 34, Austin Luna, gets fouled, uh, and he falls to the floor, right? As he's walking to the free throw line, he's giving high fives to all his teammates. They do a little bit of a huddle, create a crowd, and it appears he switches places with one of the other triplets, number 20, Bryson Luna, who now uh, is his replacement at the line. I got to tell you, that's awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, now you, ask, you ask yourself, they have different jerseys. They do. But the ref has already admitted. They've talked to the referees, and he says he really only looks at faces, when it comes to those at the line. I mean, I can see that. I I can see that he pays attention to the number when calling the foul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then at the free throw line, it's just a dude. I agree. That makes sense. Unless the uh, referee knows that there are triplets in the game, in which case he has to pay better attention. Well, now they'll be paying attention because they found out from the losers of the game, Licking High, my favorite high school in the nation. (laughs) Uh, When they found that out, they were watching old videotape. They're like, want to see what we did wrong this time? And then they... Wait a minute. Look at that. It was like the JFK tapes. Wow. Yeah, they replayed it over and over. Let's add something to the conspiracy theory. If you're wondering what type of coach would do this type of thing, 
Well, the coach is the triplet's father, Rick Luna. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, oh, no. who would know better how to explode boys uh, than his own flesh That's and blood? That's awesome. Wow. Uh, people are saying it happened twice during this game, but parents from opposing schools have apparently been complaining about it all season long. Uh, Rick Luna told the Ozark Sports Zone, which is a paper I'd love to be a reporter at, <laughs> uh, doing the high school beat. The swap wasn't planned. It's happened on accident. And he wanted to note that, oh. the, that the players did only shoot... Uh, one out of four during the free throws that are under question. So how bad are the other two players? Right? Yeah. Wow. No kidding. <laughs> but uh, now the game is completely uh, officially under review. So what about the whole season? If other teams, like if they see this here, they, maybe the whole season is... Well, they won the championship by two points. Wow. So Thanks. even though one point seems to be the free throw, I mean, still, it changes the whole game as to who's in and out. Sure. Yeah. Did you or did you not order a Licking High t-shirt? Well, uh, I'm looking into if my kid can enroll there from Los Angeles. It's a bit of a commute to Missouri every morning, but, but I mean, worth it, it. it does give you the PE pants, you know? <laughs> All right. Here's, uh, here's what we want to do. I I don't know that we've done this before. I don't know how many folks we're going to have out, out, out listening that have twins experience. Yeah. But there are a fair amount of identical twins in the audience, I'm sure. Have you ever swapped? Have you ever, you went someplace and they thought it was the other person or vice versa? Or and teachers. Like one of the people is really great at math and he yeah. sits in and mm-hmm. takes the math test. They don't have numbers in the back of their jerseys for that. No, they no. don't. It would be pretty easy to do. And even if you do have numbers on your jersey, you get away with it. <laughs> True. <laughs> Sophomore year of college, my brother was taking a psychology 101 class as a prerequisite. On one particular Tuesday, he approached me with a dilemma that he needed my help with. Thursday around noon, he had the psych exam, but the same morning, his girlfriend's family was flying out to California to go to Disneyland and they they picked him up. Of course, I said, I'll go to Disneyland for you, but that wasn't what he had in mind. <laughs> so he had to take the Psych 101 test for his twin brother so this twin brother could go to Disneyland. Yeah. And they got away with it, too, by the way. So that's what we're looking for. You have swapped out with a twin or a triplet or a quadruplet, whatever or, you got. Or again, you were somehow involved in it. You were a teacher where they did yeah. it to yeah. you. And, or it's, and it's not assault. <laughs> Yeah, that's important. We're real on the line here. <laughs> so we want to hear uh, we want to hear stories of twin swapping at one eight hundred five two zero one zero six seven. If you know anything about it, you were there. You were one of the twins. We'll talk to you next right after this on K Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. Let's take a call. Let's make it Jeanette in Los Angeles. Good morning, Jeanette. Good morning. Good morning. We so are talking I about have... twinning on the program today. People who are twins or triplets that swap places. You got some experience with that? I sure do. I have identical triplet aunts, and when I was growing up with my cousins, my aunt had apparently been swapping places since high school. One would go to English, one would go to PE, one would go to math, etc. Then as adults, they continued to do this with their own children, so my cousins would be at home, and one aunt would say, I'm leaving, and the kids would never know, and the aunt would come in to babysit, and the kids would still say, hi, mom. And the kids never knew it wasn't their mom. Kids sound dumb. (laughs) Very, very dark. (laughs) I wonder how, how, look, I don't know a lot about twins. Kevin, you have twins, but they're not identical. Correct. Would you be able to tell the difference between the two identical twins? If yes. That's, what they were? You think that's so? why I said the kids were dumb, because I can't imagine. If you see your parent or aunt or whoever every day, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Of course you can well, tell. Even if they're identical. Yes, of course. They're identical, yeah. And they even sound the same on the phone. So if, when they call, like for me, I don't know which aunt it is. Well, sometimes. I mean, that's I different. To really listen. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That and and they, they just love it. Do they just get the biggest kick out of being able to do that? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they figure it out at some point, but as little kids, they're they're dumb. They don't pay attention. They just think, <laughs> oh, that looks like my mom. But yeah, they they would do it all through. They were proud of it. But now, as adults, one of them can barely speak English. They say. Like, they're always saying double negatives, and they just don't sound very intelligent now because they didn't take English. Yeah. Got off on a weird tangent. (laughs) All right, Jeanette. Jensen brought us a story of a high school in Missouri that is in some trouble because there were three players on the team who were identical triplets, Mm -hmm. and it turned out that they were swapping them out based on who was better at free throws. Sounds pretty smart. It does sound pretty smart, and they would have got away with it, too, if it hadn't been for those Midland kids. Over at Licking. <laughs> so over at Licking High. <laughs> yeah. So we're taking your calls on twin swapping at one 800 we got some great calls. Please hang on. We'll get to as many as we can. But let's start with Roger, just because his story is almost identical. He was a twin trying to swap out during a basketball game. Hey, Roger. Hey, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Good. What happened, man? So, uh, yeah, my brother and I both played Division One college basketball, but in high school he was an all-state player, and I was, you know, average player. And during games where he would get into foul trouble, I would, if we were close to the same person that got fouled, I would try to spin around so it looked like I made the foul instead of him Did you so put, he could stay in the game. Did you put your hand up like, oh, that was me? <laughs> to help yes, it, ju- uh, yeah. That's, did it and work? Tried to cause a little commotion so people wouldn't really. Oh, was it him or was it the other guy? And we looked just like had burr haircuts, so it, it worked a few times, not every time. I mean, that's I mean that's smart. I got to tell you. Uh, and you uh, mo- most of the time would make that free throw. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we were both good free throw shooters, so it didn't really matter with the free throws. But it was more about who got the foul, so he didn't foul out of the game because he, gotcha. so he could stay in. And yeah. he wasn't he was the a good one, being shooter, and <laughs> we wanted him in the game rather than me. Gotcha. Wow, that's crazy, Roger. I never would have guessed that we would actually have also, you know, a story Ro- so similar to the one we started with. Roger played D1 basketball, so I think he should be our first draft pick in the Kevin and Bean basketball team. <laughs> Do oh. we have that? I think it should start today, and he's our first draft pick. <laughs> now that we have Roger, we <laughs> could take on anyone. Build the team around. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your listing. Let's go to Christopher. He's on line eight up next, Los Angeles, here on the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, Christopher. Hey, uh, how's it going? Good, thank you. Uh, so yeah, basically my twin story was, uh, I had this friend and, uh, he, he was going out with this twin and sometimes he, he'd just be very dull and it was kind of a pity date thing. Right. So whenever, uh, the, the, uh, the first girl didn't want to go out with, with my friend, uh, she would swap out her twin for her and she'd go out on the pity date for him or for her or with him for her. Why? Why would the other <laughs> tw- just say no? Have the twins like, no, you're not going to go out with her because she's dull and you want me to? Oh, he was the dull one, but I, I don't know. I kept asking both of them that, like, why do you guys you know, do this ruse? And it's like, I, we just feel bad for him, blah, 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 like, whatever. I mean, that's, that's, your, that's your guys' ruse. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That is very weird. All right, thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Christopher. And I'm going to say something that I probably shouldn't. Say it. My- because my father's not around to defend himself anymore. He had friends in high school that voluntarily swapped girlfriends on numerous occasions. And I think you know what I'm getting at. Voluntarily? Yeah. So, like that was so they knew thing. what they were doing? They knew, they they knew what they were doing and they were like, look, you want to have my girlfriend tonight? That kind of deal. Okay, they voluntarily did. They voluntarily, were the girlfriends yeah. in on it? 
No. Oh, so it's were not voluntarily <laughs> being at all. That's no, I'm saying the twins. Yeah. I'm saying the twins. I'm not. What? I guess my distinction is that it's not like one twin went out with his brother's girlfriend without his brother knowing about it. It was their plan all along. Right, but what about the tw- the girls knowing? They can't have been happy. That's an arrestable <laughs> offense. Oh, yeah, it does. It, it seems like it. I mean, you're, I guess no, it doesn't seem. It, it, you're, it's, you're, it, it is. Voluntary. Yeah, your, your instinct to not tell that story right. was right. He goes, it was voluntary. No, it was fine. <laughs> Voluntary on whose behalf? <laughs> the twins. Oh, they knew about it. Okay. Look, you couldn't get arrested for anything back then. No. You know? Everything just, was I, safe. I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying sure. it was a cool thing to do. I'm just saying it happened. I'm just saying that the, the guys did it. <laughs> uh, and it was bad. All right. Let's go to Eddie, line three, up next in Santa Ana on the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, Eddie. Hey. Hey, what's up, guys? Talk about twins. Hey, Eddie, don't incriminate yourself in any criminal uh, law here. <laughs> I just got to note they're exhuming my dad's body and they put him on trial. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, so basically, I used to work at Disneyland a few years back. And so my squid brother, he would use my cast member ID to go to the park all the time. And um, he would get like three chimichangas, three sodas, three corn dogs from all my coworkers. Nice. Uh, that's yeah, awesome. For about three years. Yeah, that's a thirty thousand dollar value. Wow. I am so jealous. <laughs> that's, that's a great idea. Awesome. I gotta get a you know, twin from free churros. <laughs> I don't think you understand how twins work. <laughs> you can't just get a twin. Well, <laughs> even if he does, it's gonna be voluntary. <laughs> Kevin and Bean on K Rock. K Rock. All right, get it ready because now it's time for great news. When you wake up, boy. Sounded like you said great nude. Just for the <laughs> record. Stop. Like, you didn't do it. Right? I didn't do the did S. I did great new because I didn't hear the echo. Oh, it was so an echo. I, it was there. It was there. It, yeah. was my, it was my... All right, one more time. <clears throat> now it's time for great news. Okay, now it wasn't there. When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin and Bean can make that go away. It's time for great news today. Great news. My great news has to do with an 11-year-old boy named Odvik. But here's why I'm doing this story. It's as much for what he did, which was amazing, as for his interviews that he has done with different news outlets. Because the kid wants None of it. He doesn't want to be a hero. He does not want people in his face telling him he did a great thing. He's just really, he's kind of shy, Mm. but also he has these lines that just make me laugh so hard. How old is he? He is 11 years old. And here's what happened. He was... um, at his house, I believe it's somewhere in uh, Minnesota, and they had walked into the pool area, and there was a man at the bottom of the pool, a Oof. what looked to be a grown man, about 170 pounds, and he was at the bottom of the pool, obviously drowning, couldn't swim. So there's about nine men standing around the pool. None of them can swim, and here's where he comes in. At that moment, he was the only one at the pool who knew how to swim but the victim was about 100 pounds heavier than Odwake. And mom told me to jump in. I said he's probably too heavy, but I jumped in anyway. He grabbed the man's left hand, lifted him, and towed him to the edge. And I gave him to some other dude. Odwake's <laughs> uncle performed CPR, and the man survived. Mm. A hero? Eh. Who's not itching to tell his friends about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, the best part was him. at the end where he said he's not itching to f- tell his friends about it. And then he goes, I mean, they'll find out. <laughs> like, he was just so not into it at all. He Allie, winds up. Yeah. I, 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 am I insane to think that it would be difficult to go out onto the street and find 10 people standing together, none of whom know how to swim? That shocks me. It is. It is shocking. It's shocking. It's yeah. also shocking. Anyone else didn't try, even if you can't swim. Right. right. He was yeah. in the deep end of the pool, so yeah. they're not going to be able to get him if they can't swim. But a little kid was so much braver than the ten grown ass men that were standing around. Absolutely. This kid's looking around, going, "Come on, <laughs> none of you guys. I'm eleven. I'm seventy pounds. If that, <laughs> you want me to get this guy? So he had um, had some swimming lessons in the past, and he had seen in one of them that. You you could go down and grab the rings and bring them back up. So he's like, I just kind of channeled that. That's what I did. But my favorite part of another interview that I saw was that the man came the next day to their house to thank him and it brought him a gift card just to say, you know, you really saved my life. To which this 11-year-old kid said, he said, thank you. And then I went to the other room because I'm not really interested in that grown-up talk. (laughs) 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 I love him so very much. So, really, if if you're going to be saved in St. Paul, Minnesota, um, hopefully this 11-year-old is around. Not nine other dudes just standing there going, guess we lost him in the pool. Because you don't have to thank the kid. No. He doesn't want it. No, he doesn't want your gift cards. He doesn't (laughs) want your grown-up talk. He's just going to save lives. And that's my great news. Uh, mine comes, uh, the name of the person is Sarah Cunningham. Uh, so far, she is an efficient for ceremonies in which a uh, cu- uh, couple's parents refuse to go to the wedding because their kids are gay. Still uh, happening. Of course. Still yeah. happening. Awful. So they want to get married and their mom says, you know what? Not coming to the wedding. Can't endorse that. Can't support it. Won't be a part of it. So this woman in Oklahoma City who is 55 years old, she's an efficient, like I said, she uh, uh, performs the ceremony. And she's seen so many of these weddings where the parents don't show up. And she's like, this is ridiculous. So she puts out on Facebook, I will step in for your mom. If you need somebody to walk you up the aisle. I'll be that person. Oh, my. And she's done it time after time after time because that's still happening, which is just, it's shocking to me that that's still happening. Well, it is to me, too. And it's also a little bit of surprise that it makes it easier to have a stranger at your wedding. You're already sad that your mom's not there. Having her there doesn't make your mom be there. So I just think it would be a constant reminder that your mom's not there. I don't know. But people seem to enjoy her services, right? So you're against my great news? I'm not against it at all. I I think if it does make people feel better, that's awesome. I'm just surprised that it works. What if 11-year-old (laughs) Odvik... Uh-huh. Decided to walk. Yeah, I'll walk. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, people find out it's cool. <laughs> uh, she also got uh, re- um, overwhelming response from people looking to stand in for parents. So there were parents all over the place that were like, you know what? If you have a wedding that you need a, a father or, or a mother in, I can, you know, I'll be there. Wow. That's cool. I'll do that. That's very cool, I thought, too. Um, she, this all came out of her son being gay, by the way. Mm-hmm. And she had a huge issue, like, I don't know what to do because, and she had the exact same struggle that they did. Mm-hmm. But she ended up getting through it and saying, you know what, I'll do it. You need a parent there. I'm not your parent, but I will be that person. She said, mm-hmm. I, I feel complete joy. I experience God and humanity to a much greater degree than I ever thought possible. It's my joy. 
Hey, she's putting the focus on love instead of hate, and that uh, that almost always works. And that's my great news. And I'll close this edition of Great News with Alan Naiman, who recently passed away. He was one of these guys. He was 63 years old, never married, never had children, and was incredibly frugal. Every once in a while, you'll see a story in the news with a guy who dies, and you're kind of surprised to find out about the life his friends and family didn't even know he had. This guy had no family. But he he just he delighted in not spending any money. Remember our former producer, Frank Murphy? Sure. Is that who it is? Is that who this is? (laughs) It's not, no. He had some money to begin with. His dad had left him some money. He also was a very successful banker, but at one point he decided to give all that up because he wanted to dedicate his life to children. And he had three different jobs, working in foster children organizations, working in the Washington State Department of Children. Uh, He just loved kids, like I said, even though he never had them. He never spent any money, though. He said that it was like a game to him. He would brag about how he'd go a whole day out and did and spent a single cent. Well, unfortunately, he got cancer and realized his time was winding down. So he started doing research on leaving money to charity, which he, in fact, did. When it turned out, he died and had $11 million to give away. No one had any idea that he had that kind of money. $11 $11 million. It went to organizations like the Pediatric Interim Care Center, which cares for med- uh, medically fragile babies suffering from prenatal drug exposure. He gave some of his money to ch- uh, an organization called Child Haven, which is for foster children in vulnerable situations. Make-A-Wish, Father Flanagan's Boys Town, Treehouse, which is another foster care organization. He also gave some money to his parents' Catholic Church and the Disabled American Veterans, too. Wow. He, ex- he left, a, he left a, a will behind, talking about how excited he was, uh, was to think about how much good his money was going to do when the time came. But it's just one of those deals where people die and you just have no idea what they've been up to their whole lives. But isn't it amazing? It's amazing. He would spend his money that way and live so frugally, too. I mean, he wore jeans from Costco. He bought T-shirts at the grocery store. Hey, the grocery store has some good (laughs) T-shirts. He just saved every penny he could. And that's why when he died, it ended up being great news. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. What is up, people's butts? I don't know, Allie. Why don't you tell us on what's wow. happening here on the Kevin and Bean Show? That could be its own segment. Yeah, I didn't know we were right? handling that right now. I didn't know either. Uh, you guys, uh, movies this weekend. The box office. Aquaman leading the box office again for the third week in a row, bringing in another thirty point seven million bucks. That brings the total up to two hundred and sixty million. Not bad. No. Not bad at all. Followed by Escape Room, which did eighteen million, which was more than they thought it would. Good for you. Mary Poppins Returns coming in at number three, followed by Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Bumblebee rounding out the top five. How'd you like to? Uh, how'd you like seeing Dick Van Dyke on your TV last night at the Golden Globes, Allie? I love speaking it. of Mary Poppins. I I just think he's such a gift to humanity. He's uh, he's such an adorable little man. <laughs> He's Don't like you think? Ninety-three or something. I know. Really, wow. If you haven't seen the movie, he is he dances mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. At ninety-three, and he's still really sharp, mm-hmm. and he's doing great. He's a love bug. If I ever hear anything bad about that man, it is over. <laughs> I'm just saying. What's over? The person that tells you? <laughs> <laughs> I will end them. <laughs> he's just a lovely human being. Well, he's- anyone he might have ever molested is long dead, though. So at least we don't have to worry about that coming out. You're on fire today. Oh, my God. Oh. Are you saying his taste was older or that? No. 
I'm just saying he's outlived them all. Oh, even there's, that. There's nobody alive. So fast. Really, no, tits. Nobody alive today who's going to be able to shock us with a bad Dick Van Dyke story. Good. He's outlived Why them all. Some people toured. <laughs> all right. So uh, now's the time where we start hearing about every single music festival around the country. Lineups start coming in, and now we know the seventh annual Bottle Rock Napa Valley lineup. It's occurring May 20... Occurring? Really? It's occurring May 24th through the 26th. Would you like to know their lineup, you guys? Sure. Keep in mind... No? All right. Sure. Keep in mind, last year, uh, they sold out pretty quickly. They had Bruno Mars, the Killers, Muse. They... They tend to have yeah. some great that's, that's lineups big, yeah. up there. Foo Fighters, did they? Uh, Foo know. Fighters, they've had Two in the past, ago. yeah. So Friday, May 24th, Imagine Dragons, Logic, One Republic, Neon Trees, Lovely the Band, uh, Jenny Lewis, Flogging Molly. Good lineup, right? right? Yeah. Saturday, Neil Young, Pharrell Williams, Gary Clark Jr., Juanis, Cypress Hill, Chevy Metal, Against Me. All right. <laughs> Sunday, May 26th, Mumford and Sons. Well, finally, we have an L.A. date in Napa Valley. How dare you, Mumford and Sons. Very angry with, about that whole thing. But Mumford and Sons, Santana, the Crystal Method, doing a silent disco. What? Bishop Briggs, Jeff Goldblum, and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra. What? Yeah, I... Uh, I can't with that. Don't, don't need Sunday. Yeah. yeah, that's a real, like, Tommy Bahama day. It really is. You know what I mean? It really is. Wear your sandals <laughs> and some shorts. It's a, it's an eclectic mix, which it usually is. Um, but three-day general admission passes go on sale at 10 a.m. today. Those three-day general admission passes going uh, for 359 bucks. if you want to see all those bands. <sighs> Jensen, help me out with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE Raw. Yeah. They are bringing back Hulk Hogan tonight. Yes. Uh, in the past, he's run into some issues regarding uh, racial slurs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, tonight, he will come back to tribute Mean Gene Ogerland. Okay. With no racial slurs, I'm, I'm hoping. I hope, I hope not. What would that sound like if we, if we had somebody on the show that did an impression of the Hulkster? Uh, doing racial slurs? <laughs> no, no, no. Asking no. To do? no, talk about the announcer. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not even going to start. <laughs> <laughs> it's best you don't make that request. Okay. I didn't. He, he didn't. He wanted. Sounded to, like you did. He wanted to hear what he would sound like giving Sang a tribute N-word. to <laughs> Mean Gene Oakland. Now that Mean Gene's dead, hopefully all the kids he molested won't even come out and start <laughs> oh, talking about it. Oh, God. What? What's happening? Jensen, what is with you laughing? That went south so fast! Again! What's going on? <laughs> Uh, no, you can't. You can't count on me. You can't. That's my bad. Yeah. Um. So this will be the, now the second time that he's been back, though, because he did the. Um. He was the host when they went to Saudi Arabia for the Crown Jewel event. Untelevised. Untelevised. Yeah. He, okay. He just did stuff for them, but didn't. It wasn't on the broadcast. Oh. This is is this a good idea? No, this is a terrible idea. At all, idea. it's not good at all. This is also a bad idea because the WWE, who's had an incredible run the last few months uh, as far as stocks, right. I mean, they're like way up in the seventies at this point. Uh, they, you know, they went to Saudi Arabia under huge controversy. Yes. Mm-hmm. On top of that, never allowed any of the females to really participate in the event because of Saudi Arabian mm-hmm. beliefs. Uh, and now they're going to bring on uh, yeah. someone who, uh, you know, publicly was was outed as being a racist. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we'll see. 
see. I, I, I think, you know, wrestling has never been the moral compass, so. For sure. But yeah. it's not like they need him no. right now. I mean, Monday Night Raw doesn't get the greatest of ratings. Great cable ratings every single week. As far as not the greatest, but yeah. I mean, to have that kind of consistency for 20 years right. is unheard of. Yeah. Interesting And the Fox choice. deal is worth like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars that's coming up, so. Crazy. Huh. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Did you guys know that um, yesterday was the year's busiest online dating day? Every single year. It's the first Sunday of the new year. It's known as the year's busiest online dating day. Some call it Dating Sunday. Some call it Single Sunday. Were you aware of that? No, no idea. I wasn't. And why Sunday and not Friday? Well, well, First weekend of the new year, people would think, oh, I'm going to, now this year I'm going to meet someone. Because they've been disappointed in the weekend. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Sundays are always the busiest day of the week for online dating. Because people have had a crap weekend. They're sitting there. They've got time to sit down and look at different profiles and whatnot. But a cyber dating expert said that it's the perfect trifecta. You have people recovering from a breakup who are down during the holidays. You have people, New Year's resolutions. I'm going to get out there more. I'm going to date more. And then she said you also have that clock ticking down to Valentine's Day. So people are like, I need to to get on. They're already thinking about Valentine's Day. So they're dating yesterday? They're getting back into the dating scene. Yeah. It's also, it's cuddle weather. And it's cuddle weather. That's the fourth. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows it's cuddle weather coming sure. up. I watch the news. <laughs> well, that is a great point because you do want to be in a relationship when it's colder outside. A lot of people say that. And then right when it becomes, you know, sundress weather. Get out of here. That's when you say, beat it, kid. God, I, I got to go to the beach. Right. I need chicks and sundresses. <laughs> yeah. It's science, you guys. I'm sure okay. it's, uh, it's not new, but it was new to me. I saw an ad over the weekend about a, uh, a dating app for people over 50. Oh. Hmm. Have you seen that? Fish in the Sea or something? No, this was a different one. I'd never heard of this one before. But it was just like, hey, hey you know, I'd love to I'd love to have somebody in my life, but how am I going to meet somebody? I mean, they, I think that's great for the olds, right? Yeah. 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 I do you too. I mean, for I, the olds. I, I mean, Olds.com. I, it, it is, <laughs> if not the most, I think it's very close to the most popular way that people meet now, you know? Yeah. And obviously being introduced. My mom uh, met her fiancé on Match. Did she really? Really? Yeah, or something. Maybe I made that up. But it, it, they bet on the internet. I don't uh-huh. know what it's like. Yeah. J-Date? No, 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 no. He is not Jewish. <gasps> oh. Tinder. How do you allow that, Jensen? Well, you know. Did you just say Tinder for his mother? I was just guessing. <laughs> yeah. My mom is scrolling. <laughs> just left, right, left, right. <laughs> uh, It is called... Uh, Farmers our Only? T- our Time, it is called. Our Time. Our and is Time. It, uh, you can't be under 50 to be on it? That's right. Oh, I think that's really interesting. 50 and up. Yeah, but good luck getting them to download the app. I can't even get my mom to realize how to call me text me. <laughs> and you know that it's all women because com- all 50-plus men are like, I'm on yeah. it for the 20-year-olds. <laughs> the commercial is like, in order to download, call your kids. No. <laughs> Just oh. ask them to download it for you. Can I download this on my Jitterbug phone? <laughs> Have you seen those phones? <laughs> oh my god, we're all going to be old someday. Let's stop making fun of the old. I didn't Kevin. think this could get any worse, but apparently it knows no bottom. Mm. Oh. Is that one of the questions on the app? <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> hey, uh, some birthdays for you. What about David Caruso? Indeed. Katie Couric, Ella Black, Jeremy Renner, Lauren Cohen, and Nicolas Cage. 
Again, Academy What's Award winner. From? What Nicholas is that from? What Apparently, the movie is called Deadfall. You guys know Deadfall? No. no. Nick Cage does movies for money in like India at this point. Like he you does. Can, you can book him. Just be a rich guy. He'll do your movie. Mm-hmm. <gasps> All other countries, he's in tons of them, and he just screams. He is fascinating, though, isn't he? He really yeah, is. Yeah, he's a strange dude. Yeah. And by the way, wasn't he, am I wrong, or was he married to Lisa Marie Presley at one point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's had like a wacky right. life, too. Yeah, the wackiest. He named yeah. his son after Superman. He did. He oh, has, yeah, Kal-El, his yeah, son, right. Kal-El. Did you put that on your list? Kal-El? Uh-huh. No, Nick Cage is on it, Okay. Right. Yeah, Nick Cage cart. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the greatest joke <laughs> if you named your son Nick Cage. My Superman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's what's happening. Thanks, Elliot. To drive home today, listen to a commercial-free 5 p.m. hour random act of helpfulness from the SoCal Helpful Honda dealers. Tomorrow morning, Lamorne Morris from uh, New Girl. Wednesday. Back. Nice. We also have uh, TV shows we may not know about. We learned last night watching... The Golden Globes, that there are a lot of TV shows that can't possibly exist. Mm-mm. But they seem to, and they seem to have fans, and so we're going to take your calls. And also, uh, being we think, spent, uh, sent some money to a Nigerian prince well, to I, help him get out of prison, whatever I that. Do bl- I do believe I was I was taken for a ride. Wow. <laughs> I do think ah. so. I think I got hooked, guys. Uh-oh. Can't wait. That's tomorrow. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law